Welcome back to Creative Chit Chat. I'm Ryan McLeod and this is episode number 17. Number 17 is with Laura Geyer. She is just about to finish her fourth year at DJ CAD doing graphic design. I first met her a few months back when she came up to Fleet to chat about alternative ways of working and freelancing and co-working, all to, to tie into her dissertation. But at that time, we sort of chatted about her plans in that she's decided, along with her partner, to become a nomadic designer and create a, a nomadic design studio. And they've bought this bright yellow VW van and called it Matilda. And they're off, essentially, around the world to go and live their life with the van and with their skills to see how it goes. Um, for those of you who were at Pecha Kucha a couple of weeks back, you'll have seen Laura's talk and it was really inspiring to see someone with such a, a driven alternative way of looking at, at life and at life after graduation as well. So I just had to get her on the podcast. She's gives some really nice insights into her university journey and we chat about the details about what's next and what she doesn't really know and that uncertainty is I suppose completely natural and it'll be one that's echoed across probably every graduate that comes out of every university but she just has this unfaltering confidence and lack of fear I suppose of what happens next and it's, it's really refreshing and it's really interesting but before we dive in to this week's podcast I've got one little plug and it's actually for another Dundee-based podcast. So it's been started up by Sam Gonsalves. And it's called Everything Mixtape. The idea being that it's a different guest every week and they recommend something that they find interesting. So they talk for 15 to 20 minutes about that subject. And it can be absolutely anything from a book to a painting, to a car, to a piece of grass. And it is a fantastic concept. And myself and Sam have done a bit of a podcast swap. Uh, spoiler alert, but um, Sam will be on Creative Chit Chat in a couple of weeks' time. And I'm going to be appearing on Everything Mixtape. I'll keep the, the subject a little secret for now, but it's actually out today. And you can catch it on SoundCloud, which is soundcloud.com forward slash everything mixtape. Or you can follow them on Twitter, which is at mixtape of things. And you can also catch them on iTunes and on Facebook. I've put all the links in the show notes as well. So if you want to catch them, just have a look there. But yeah, it's a great little podcast and I'm glad to see new podcasts springing up as well. That's my ramble over, and now it's time to get into the podcast. So this week, number 17, it's with Laura Geyer. I always knew I wanted to go to art school, but I didn't really know that graphic design was a thing for a long time. So I didn't know whether I'd be any good at it because I didn't really have the patience to sit down and just draw. I didn't get into art school the first time, uh, which I think was a blessing because it meant I went on a gap year, well, a few gap years, once uh, I got myself sorted out. But yeah, I went on the ski season, 
and did all all them things like went to Thailand and did Camp America. But I knew that I still wanted to go to art school. So you ticked all the cliched Absolutely. gap year boxes. Yeah. I got the I got the sort of baggy yoga pants and yeah, ticked all those boxes, absolutely. I think it meant that when I actually got round to going to university, I'd kind of done the whole freshers thing already. Like, your first couple of weeks in a ski season, you kind of get thrown in the deep end and you just get all that out of your system. And then, I meant I really, when I went to uni, I was like, I'm here to, to do something and I'm, I'm here for a reason and I'm going to do the best that I can. I'm not going to get distracted by other things. So that made it a lot easier, I think, in terms of just like I got on quite well. I'm well. I am getting on quite well at uni. I've really enjoyed my courses and all my work and everything. And it's kind of because I've not been distracted by like going out and partying all the time. It's given me a lot more time to think about kind of what happens after uni. I think. I guess it was in like my third year when we start to apply for internships and things that I started to really think what I was going to do after uni. I think part of me had always thought that I would just like, if you're going to be good at uni, then you're going to try and get the best job that you can after uni because that's kind of that predetermined thing that you do. I think there's a, yeah, there's a sort of prerequisite as in success is shown by yeah. the faces that are plastered around the art school. Exactly, exactly. And, uh, they are the Hayley Scanlans, the Joanna Basford, mm. the Warren Currys that, that have gone on to be successful in their own right. Yeah. But it's not necessarily the route that everyone's going to take. Exactly. I think that's it. And I think it's great to have those people to know that, I guess, to kind of persuade your parents that it's a good idea in the first place to go to art school because they're like, oh, well, maybe they could be one of them. But... I think there's so many people that go off and do really cool stuff that are just forgotten about or not, you're not told about. So I think you just get a, a kind of warped view on what life after uni should be like and is like. And also I think like no one, like freelance was never a word that we were kind of taught, that was ever talked about. I mean, I had to kind of go and ask directly what I should be charging and things because I just had no idea when people would ask me to do freelancing work while I'm still at uni. So at what point did that start for you then? Um, That probably started at the end of second year and I didn't at all feel like I was ready to to do that sort of thing. I think that's again, there's that issue of when you're still at uni, you feel, I think this is something that doesn't necessarily leave you, but you feel like a bit of a faker, like someone's going to find you out and if you do any work for someone, then you should do it for free or you should kind of, yeah, basically just do it for nothing because you're still trying to prove to everyone that you're you're good at something or you have the skills. And it's, it's only now that I'm starting to realise that even just the last four years, what I've learned at university in terms of graphic design, like not everyone knows it. And there's a reason that you're a graphic designer. It's because not everyone instantly knows how to edit stuff on Illustrator. Yeah, because there's, there's a value to those skills that you've yeah. accumulated over those four years. Exactly. But often putting a number to that is very difficult. Oh, it's awful. I think that that's something that would be so helpful in university is getting much more of an idea and a confidence about 
being able to go out there and, and do work and freelance while you're at uni and after uni and knowing that that's a real option and that you're allowed to do it and that like you can be just as good as anyone yeah, else. And not even that you're allowed to do it, that it is a, a viable career choice. Yeah, totally. And, and that it was never mentioned when we were at uni and I didn't know anyone who yeah. was freelancing. Exactly, I think the only time it's been mentioned is when someone said oh my god, don't go freelance. <laughs> like, no one goes freelance straight after uni. And, I mean, I still don't know... I mean, it's something that I want to do when I... As soon as I leave, like, I've kind of come to the decision that I don't want to go into an agency. But I still don't know whether it's going to work. I still don't know if I'm going to make any money or, or anything like that. Like, Or even if I'm going to enjoy it. Um it's it's just, but I I don't like to be told that I um, can't do something. So it's like we can't be a freelancer. Oh well, that's what I'm gonna be then. And we'll see how it goes. <laughs> because I think for me, I went to, I decided that I wanted to work in an agency, mm. and I ended up going to one of them uh, there in Glasgow. And I then learned my trade. But at the back of my mind, I was always thinking, well, one day I probably want to go and run my own thing. Yeah. And then that three years down the line three and a bit years I'd, I had the itch and I was like yep yeah, okay now's the time let's give it yeah. a go but I would never have had the balls to do that straight out of uni I know um, and part of me doesn't really think I do either but equally I think I think it'll be fine I think if you just work it out and you take the help where you can get it and surround yourself with people that are doing similar things or that you can learn from. I think that's my biggest um, worry is that with an agency you've kind of got that and you've got people around you that are going to teach you stuff and you're going to get thrown in the deep end and there's all those things that I feel like oh I'm going to miss out on but equally I think you can learn them from other places and maybe it's even it's even a deeper end if you're going it alone. Um, but then I think so it's about a network, right? Yeah. Whereas in an agency, you're very much a focused network. You have a very common goal yeah. on projects. But going freelance, you need to build up that network of other yeah. people that have the skills that totally. are there to support you that might not necessarily work on the same projects. But yeah. if you've got a problem, you can bounce things off. Exactly. And I think that's something that um, after the talk I gave the other week, I got really great response from people. And one of my friends who's a photographer who kind of... No one ever thought he would be a photographer or anything like that, but he fell into modelling and then became a photographer and now he's doing really well. But he was like, it's important for creative people to tell each other when they're doing well because you don't have a boss or, or colleagues to tell you that. And he was also saying how he's got this friend who kind of taught him all that he knows and now he's at a similar sort of level as her. And he said that's the best bit of advice I could give you is find yourself some sort of mentor or something like that. A really good thing and an important thing that if you are going to go and freelance is that actually you've got to work harder to find those mentors but maybe actually they'll be better you'll be better off for it because you're not kind of ending up with a group of people that you're that are kind of forced upon you um i think mentoring is something that has been mentioned quite a lot in, in conversations around the, the people that i work with mm. and it's pushing your career to that next level yeah it's when you get to a level where you can sustain it, which I sort of feel like I'm getting to that now where I'm not comfortable, but 
I'm happy with with what I'm doing, but there there's yeah. always going to be that next level. So it's it's finding that help and that mentorship to to push you further. Yeah. And to go on. Which is difficult, um, but I always I can't remember who said it, but it was a brilliant quote by someone. It's probably on a podcast. Probably. I see this, yeah, all my anecdotes <laughs> nowadays are, are straight out of podcasts. Uh, but it's always be the dumbest person in the room. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's totally it. I think that's something that um, at university you can kind of lull yourself into a false sense of security, especially if you're kind of you're doing all right and you're getting pretty good grades and stuff. Is that although the people around you push you, maybe you need more than that. You need need a bit, yeah, to feel a bit kind of like, oh god, right, I need to step up my game. Um, so not only are you going and becoming a freelancer. Mm. and just stepping out of uni and doing that there's a whole other plan around that yeah um, so last year when was it like September time we got a van I don't even really remember I think we just found some people on Instagram that that had vans and we were like really into the whole like tiny house thing it's me and my partner Adam um and you know, you'd spend your evening watching YouTube videos about tiny houses and all that really wild stuff. And then yeah, we found vans and we we're like, oh, that's really cool. We have a little dog, so we really wanted to be able to take him everywhere. Well, that would be perfect, let's get a van. And um, at that point, I still hadn't quite decided that I didn't want to go and get an agency job after uni. So that was like, well, we can park it up anywhere and just use it to travel whenever we want. But I think the more, the longer we had it and, and stuff, we were just like, well, what's the point in being like, oh, well, I'll just get a job for a year or so. And it's like, once you're in it, it's so hard to get out of it. And and the more people we started to tell about this idea of kind of going off in the van after uni and, and using it to, to travel and, and also work, the more people were excited about it. And I think when people are excited about your plans, you're suddenly like, oh wow, gotta actually do it, otherwise, otherwise it's just a bit lame. So yeah, idea is to finish uni, head off in the van, and just see see what happens. Really, no set plan. <laughs> so have you have you got a first destination in mind? Yeah, like the first year after uni, Adam's calling it reflection time, <laughs> which I quite like. Um, I think we're gonna head. France and um, we've got a few little spots in the Alps and south of France and stuff where we've got friends so we're gonna head there and then we're gonna be doing some house sitting for his parents in the autumn and then before we know it, it'll be Christmas time and then January we're gonna head out to New Zealand not with a van unfortunately although I have looked into how we would do that cargo ships apparently are a feasible option so we're going to go to New Zealand for a month just to get that out of our system. And then the, the big trip is going to be that summer where we are going to go to Scandinavia. And basically just travel all around Scandinavia. And kind of work on our own projects. So I think that's another thing that is in our plan is that we want to do... We've got other ideas of things that we want to do, like our own work. I quite like to write a book. Don't know what about yet. Or like something like that and, and kind of do our own projects as well. Adam's a photographer, so he really wants to just go to really cool places and 
take great photographs. So, so what's the plan for work then and financial? Yeah. Sustainability oh, on yeah, this that, trip. That old chestnut. I guess um, it's going to be kind of playing it by ear slightly. We've got a few ideas for like, um, like in the south of France when we go down there. Um, there's a lot of um, marinas and big boats around there and stuff like that and kind of adapting what we're doing to where we are. So like down there, there's quite a lot, the big yachts and stuff like that. So it's like, right, so we could go in there and we could offer some sort of photography service of the boats because a lot of them get chartered and things like that. And then doing graphic design there and then also like in the Alps, there's loads of chalets. So working out some sort of, of thing to do with photography and chalets and, and graphic design work like that and then there's also stuff going on here um freelance stuff that i'm already doing that i'm going to try and and push and kind of build up a few more clients over the next sort of six months and then hopefully be able to take that work away with me and do it remotely so yeah i think at the moment i'm so focused on trying to finish university and get it like done uh, I don't really have the time to like push for, for sort of creating that kind of network but there's been a lot of people asking me to do work and, and kind of jobs that could kind of be pushed bigger and kind of could be elaborated on like later on so I think that if I, if I sort of focus on building some sort of client base before we go away that would really help and just allow it to take over and then failing all that I think it'll be a case of sort of Right, we have no money. Let's go and get some part-time, short-period work somewhere. And yeah, just kind of play it by ear. So if if it all does go tits up, then there's a, the fallback of seasonal work. Or... Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, we both did ski seasons. Adam's a trained chef. Um, he he's quite happy to pick up that sort of thing. I can wash dishes. <laughs> yeah. So you can still have that experience of, of being on the road and yeah. traveling. Even if it's not necessarily applying the graphic design or the photography skills yeah. full time. Yeah, I think it's because I don't even know if it's something that I want to necessarily do full time. I mean, there there's not much difference between sitting in an office nine to five and sitting in a van nine to five. It's probably nicer to be in an office. So the the main thing for us is adapting our lives so that we don't actually necessarily need the full time income all the time. Like we're not paying rent and we're not having so many outgoings on stuff and and buying things and living some sort of just living within our means basically and if we're like kind of working out right okay this is the amount that we want to earn for the year so how many days a year do we need to work and how much do we need to charge and kind of that sort of thing and Adam's really good at budgeting and stuff like that so it's, yeah, it's like reining in things that that aren't necessary. So in terms of like a hierarchy of, of needs, if mm. you like, on this, I was going to say a trip, but it's not a trip because it's a new way of living. Yeah, like there's not, there's not like a, right, okay, we set off this day and we'll be back this day. It's more just like, right, this is an ongoing adventure. I don't know. So what do you, what do you actually need? What are the most important things? Yeah. See, again, this is one of those things where there's a lot of unknowns because we're not necessarily planning on living in the van full time. The plan is more that kind of we use the van as a way to get from place to place easily 
while still being allowed to work. So I guess the most important thing is just having somewhere to sleep at night, which is covered. And then, like, I like the odd shower, you know, everyone does. But the need is just to be flexible and be able to choose what you want to do on a daily basis. I think it really hit home for me when I did, uh, I did four internships last summer, kind of one after the other. Spent the whole summer doing internships and it was really good fun and I worked in different um, size companies and I really enjoyed all of them for different reasons. Out of interest, were they paid? Some of them were paid, some of them weren't. did one, the first one it was kind of like all expenses paid, which to be honest kind of covered everything and I think I got a bit extra. And then there was one that wasn't paid at all and then one down in London which was paid, but like living in London so expensive that you need to be paid a great deal for it to really be made worth it. It was uh, being in in these places for a couple of weeks or a month or whatever and then a few of them I came back a little while later to pick stuff up or do some more work or whatever and everyone was sat in exactly the same places like basically wearing the same clothes and doing the same thing and it was a different day and they were working on a different project but I was just like oh man that's it that's not, like there's there's kind of fireworks when you finish uni and graduate and then it's like right sit down at your desk and then that's you I don't know like it just it just scared me I was just like oh man I just don't I just don't want to be stuck at a desk for me, the most important thing is just being able to like go to these places that I've wanted to go to and wake up somewhere new if I want to, or stay in the same place if I want to. Like we're thinking of staying in Airbnbs or couch surfing or stuff like that, so that we can kind of get a feel for different locations when we're there and maybe pick up work while we're there in different places. But it's just about being like independent and and being able to choose where you want to go and. We might do it for a couple of months and be like, actually, you know what, we just want to stay here for six months, a year. But I want to be able to choose that. I want to be able to decide. I just don't feel like I'm going to get that if I go straight into work hmm. for an agency in in one of the cities. Yeah, like I'd, I definitely understand that, that perspective of mm. seeing people in that mentality where... You sit at a desk and that's you and your your goal is to make it to the next pay grade. That's yeah. You. Yeah, and like so so like your success is completely based on like yeah, your job title, like whether you're a junior, senior creative director. Like hmm. uh, to be honest, if that's what you want out of life I think it's great then that's if that's fine. what you want. Like um, and I, I think that but it just what scares me is that in in hindsight I was so and I am still so close to that if I hadn't questioned it I think that's the trouble is that so often we don't question it and we don't kind of ask ourselves is that is that something that we really want to do like what is driving us and I think that's what is scary and that's maybe what's driving me to do something that seems a little bit extreme because I'm like oh my god you almost fell into that and didn't even ask whether you wanted to jump in like I think. But then surely you're at the perfect time in your life to do this. Yeah. And that, I remember when I worked in an agency and then decided I was going to take a year away and do a, a ski season. 
And when I told people, they were like, oh, I wish I could do that. Mm. And that's the attitude that I don't, I really don't agree with. And that's yeah. what that's what annoys me, because if you really want to do it, then you'll make it happen. I think that's it. And I think the trouble is nowadays we're kind of um, led to believe that we should want to do everything all the time. It's like, like everyone should want to go travelling. And I think it's really important that everyone does do a bit of travelling. But, I mean, backpacking's pretty horrendous. Like, and I think certain people, it really works. But some people hate it. But then they have to pretend like they love it. And I think it's the same with work and jobs and stuff. It's like, for some people, that kind of nine-to-five structure is great. And then they can, like, do loads of other stuff out with other people just don't question it and I think that's that's another thing is like when when you're young and like leaving uni or even when you're just leaving high school the people that go and gap years are kind of like oh wow you're going to gap year like that's that's crazy I wish I could do that it's like god you're 18 of course you can do that but they were yeah. led down this path and that society has a, a sort of beaten track that yeah the there's an expectation that you must yeah. fulfill and when you get to a certain age you will do certain things yeah. um, as in you will get a mortgage you will have kids which then restricts you in certain yeah, aspects and exactly. then you, you can't necessarily take those years out at that point and you're stuck in this sort of groove that you've created for yeah, yourself exactly and then resentment kicks in and <laughs> divorce and all that sort of stuff but I think I think it is true I think that we're led to believe that there's no time and that you have to get your job now because then by the time you're 30 you won't be like at whatever stage in your career that you should be. This whole mentality of like, oh well, I'll go and I'll earn a load of money and then I'll be able to travel um, when I'm retired or when I'm older, like by that point your knees are gone and like you can't ski or you, you know, you prefer your slippers. And... I just think, like, it's just such a backwards thing that we think that we should wait. Like, even if you've not got any money, there's still ways to, like, to travel and go and do what you want. You just have to adapt your lifestyle. And I think that's it, is that people think that they should have it all and they should be able to travel any way they want and they should be able to go to every single country and 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 do places in, like, a month. Like, oh, yeah, I did Thailand last year, like, I... I did the Taj Mahal and it's like, no, like, what if, what if people were like, right, actually, I've got this amount of money saved up and it's not very much, but I'm going to, I'm going to work on a farm in this place somewhere and then I'm going to spend more time and then I'm going to work and then I'm going to travel a little bit. And I mean, it's not right for everyone, but I think that's, that's the same thing as what you were saying about people being like, oh, I wish I could do that. It's like, it's just excuses and barriers that they're putting up for themselves. And if they really wanted to do it, then they would find a way to do it. And I think it's the same with what we're doing. It's not the right way for everyone, but if you really wanted to do it, you'd find a way. A more sort of practical level. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about the the van and, <laughs> and how how that works. And have you have you done a lot of work to it? No. So we um, we were really lucky in that we um, were able to buy a new one. So we haven't, it's not an old one, we haven't had to kit it out. 
it's another thing where you kind of feel like a bit of a faker unless you buy like a really like beat up old VW that you like kit out and wood cladding and all this sort of stuff and it's like looks great in the Instagram pictures but they break down all the time and actually you'll end up spending just as much money on it. So we, we decided that we were going to get a, a newer one and then hopefully a bit more reliability on the road and a bit more environmentally friendly and economic in terms of petrol and diesel consumption and stuff like that. So yeah, it's pretty much off the shelf in terms of the 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 layout. It doesn't it doesn't have like a built-in sink or, or cooker or anything. We decided against that. But now we're trying to like figure out what we would have to do in terms of kitting it out if we were actually gonna live in it for any length of time. So storage is a big thing at the moment. Minimalism isn't even like cutting it. You have to have no stuff. Um, so I'm pretty keen to like add in some sort of storage and the layout and stuff like that. It's tricky. You obviously can't do do much with it, but we're we're trying to figure out like how we would because I think you have to like you have to get it down to to such a to such fine detail in terms of the routine that you have if you're going to live in such a small space. Like everything has to work and be easy to get to and organized, which is something Adam's very good at. So. He's kind of taken the reins on that and has lots of ideas of how he's going to sort of adapt bits of it so that we can like cook in it and things. But I think that's all going to be trial and error. And I'm just like every time we're like, oh, but where do we get this sort of stuff? I'm like, right, well, let's just drive through Germany and like find a VW garage that will have all stuff. Because it's a really small space. So I don't know how it's going to work. You mentioned... So in your picture, could you? And just there, you mentioned minimalism. Yeah. So and there's a brilliant documentary on Netflix, and there's a podcast, and is there a book? Yeah, they've written three books. The Minimalists. Um, they've written yeah, everything that remains is one of their best ones. But they are two guys from America who had great jobs. They were earning like six figure salaries and kind of had huge houses and all this sort of stuff. They'd come from a pretty rough background. They'd been friends since, like, they were really young. Um, and then one of them was just like, oh, my God, like, I'm not happy at all. And, like, they they go into a long story about it, but they basically ended up getting rid of all their stuff. And then his best friend followed suit, and then they started this whole thing called The Minimalists. And we started following them a couple of years back, and we listened to their podcasts while we were doing a road trip around Europe and every sort of 15 minutes we'd be stopping the podcast and be like, oh my god, isn't that amazing what you just said and let's go home and get rid of all of our stuff. Because uh, I think, um, yeah, like they, I've had the most sort of revelations listening to listening to those guys and what they have to say about freeing yourself from things and you don't think about how much things cost not in a in a sort of by their monetary value but by like their time and stuff like how how long do you spend cleaning things and dusting things and mowing your grass or if you if you were to take away all of the excess you're just left with what you need or what kind of makes you happy and it's like a huge burden that's lifted so we've been kind of trying to 
just like yeah get rid of a lot of stuff our idea is that when we move we want to fit everything we've got in the van and if we're going to store things it's going to be like a couple of boxes and that's it we really don't want to be taking loads with us are you going to embrace the the whole minimalism ethos or are you going to get a storage container and chuck all your stuff we're in not there? getting a storage container they are they are the worst um we're definitely not getting a storage container and um, i think we're going to take up a little corner in adam's parents garage like small corner i think that's what's cool about like what they say as well is that it's not all about like literally owning nothing it's just about being a lot more mindful about the stuff that you do own and not being held back by that stuff so you're coming to the end of your fourth year yeah how other than showing you a new perspective on the future Mm -hmm. how's your university experience been mine's been great i think um it, it really, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do when I started university. Um, I did my foundation course and, and I wasn't really sure what, um, what I was going to go into. And I think that was really important for me personally. I think there's loads of people that go in knowing exactly what they want to do. And then I think it's maybe a bit of a waste of time. But like I had a great time like painting and model making and doing all of that sort of stuff. I think for me, it, um, it'll be something that I go back to. It's like a reminder that I can go back to a slightly more artistic uh, way of doing things like later on in life if I want to. But yeah, I think it's been, yeah, it's been really good for me um, and I've really enjoyed it. But I think I, I do quite well in this sort of school environments quite a lot. The time, like I never had any problems in high school and stuff like that. It was just kind of always. I was like, right, yeah, it's structured, and I can do this. And I think the one thing that it's really taught me is that, like, to to stick to my guns with things and actually push myself when I don't agree with something. And I felt like I needed I needed that kind of structure after I'd been on my gap years and and to give me the confidence to go and do what I've done. I think there's loads of people that are would be able to just go and like like get an apprenticeship or or go straight into certain things but I think for me I really needed to learn the the foundation knowledge of of like my my subject and the 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 creative thinking process so for me it's been really it's been really good but for a lot of other people it's maybe held them back and it's not pushed them as far as they should have gone. I think that was part of my my thing about when I kind of had done the whole freshers thing and so like I was there to do something and I was there to do my my best and I'm like right this is what I'm gonna do so I was constantly pushing myself to do more and, and be better but I think it teaches a lot of people to kind of rest on their laurels and just kind of sit back and be like oh well it'll be fine you know and then I think work the work world can be a real shock after that because I don't think they're the same. University is one of those things where, well, having seen it from, from both sides, from from going to art school and then from doing a bit of teaching there, mm. um, you 
get out of it what you put in. I think that's exactly right. I think there's only so far a tutor can can encourage you. I think the rest of it is up to you. And I think that's where maybe um, maybe going straight into work really pushes people because they they haven't got a safety blanket. There's not going to be someone there to be like, oh, you can try better next time. It's like, right, you're out. <laughs> yeah, I think it's different for everyone. I think there's loads of different pathways that you can take, and I think that's another another issue is that like it's the same as people feeling like they need to go straight into a job after uni. It's people feeling like they need to go straight into uni after school. I just like it. It didn't used to be like that, and I don't know why it suddenly changed. I don't know why we put so much emphasis on like uni is the only way you're going to be successful. Yeah, I'm not really sure why it's it's come about that way either. Whether it's the sort of expectations for schools or the, the lack of alternative paths or. But yeah. you're now starting to see modern apprenticeships popping yeah. up and more internships. And I think if I had the, the opportunity again, I would. I, I don't know if I would go to university, I'd probably look at the more practical application of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, we even chatted in Fleet Collective, like if we could bring someone in for four years, imagine the amount of projects they would see or be able to get involved with Yeah. and do your education in a completely different way but yeah still apply still applying those practical skills yeah yeah so i think it very much is about looking to see what's out there mm-hmm. um and yeah see where you can learn that skills to go into a growing workplace yeah and that i sort of took a bit of a gamble and that i saw some cool studios and shiny max and what was interactive media design and thought, yeah, that looks like a great place to hang out for four mm. years. Mm. Not thinking, oh, well, that's absolutely going to blow up and the internet and all the rest of it. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think that's it. And I think so many people miss stuff because they're just not aware of it and not aware of different paths and, and different ways of doing it. And I think if young people were forced, not forced to, but like encouraged to take more responsibility in their sort of their path and their future and just like inspired to to kind of look for alternatives i think that would be so much better and i like like for me i i didn't even know that product design existed until about two years ago like it's in the same school as me and it's literally like i stumbled upon it and i was like oh this looks pretty cool like i maybe would have done product design because that's something that i'm really interested in as well but i didn't even know it existed and i think how many people feel like they haven't got a thing or a talent or a specialism because they just haven't found it no one's told them that it's a thing or they haven't been encouraged to go and find it and i think that's kind of sad because so many people go out and do a kind of degree in something that yeah as you say they they say see something that makes them think oh yeah that'll be i don't think when you're coming out of high school you necessarily make decisions based on the long term you make decisions yeah. based on that next step Absolutely. Um, and it's universities jobs I mean they are businesses they're selling places on their courses they mm. will make it seem cool and yeah. try and coax you in yeah. um, and everyone will try and do that and yeah. whether that's based upon their reputation and the people who they've had come through the doors or whether that's through open days and showing you the students mm. that are there working in the environments those sort of things yeah, yeah. 
One of my teachers in high school said that he thought that everyone should be forced to take a gap year, and part of me kind of agrees with that. But equally, as we're saying, everyone should pave their own path, and it's about making your own decisions. I think it's, it's also constantly questioning that path. Absolutely. And that you can easily get stuck in a rut or going back to that analogy that you use, like the grooves that you, you're creating and, and following, that when things start to happen, you, you need to realise quickly that this is not the place that you yeah. should be or that you exactly. need to start looking at alternatives. And not be sort of uh, distracted by what other people are saying and and kind of the idea that this is going to impress other people. So looking to the future, uh-huh. what excites you about this adventure? What in particular? Um, I'm really excited to just see stuff and yeah, see all the places that I really want to see and, and just take some time to like, or take all the time to just learn the things that I want to learn and things that I want to do. and. I'm excited to to work on my own stuff and collaborate with other people, but but essentially what I'm excited about is that I've made a choice that means that I have a choice, I think. And like it might be that in a while I'm actually like, nope, you know what, I'm ready to go and get a job somewhere and stay somewhere for a while, or I think this will be really beneficial. But essentially, it's it's that I've come I've come to the point now where I'm free to make those decisions, and I'm not. I'm not basing them on anything else apart from what I think is right and what I want. I'm not basing them on the fact that I'm like, oh God, but if I don't get that job, then it's not going to be on my CV and then no one's going to hire me ever. I think that's what excites me. It's the freedom that that I think's there and the uncertainty. Like for me, that's kind of that's kind of cool and 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 the pro- the, the sort of possibility that it might be a sort of epic failure also kind of excites me because I'm like oh well then it'll be a problem to solve so nothing about the experience scares you or worries you um I think I think it has done for a really long time but I think my main fear was that I think it's it's, it's working out your priorities of fear like and how where, where you feel like is so so the the main thing that was holding me back was this idea that like no one would think that I was successful or no one would think that I was good at what I do or or yeah that it wouldn't be on my CV this fancy job like in London or whatever but actually what I'm more scared of is that my life will be boring and that I won't achieve my potential and that as I've said before that like my desktop screensaver will be more exciting than my actual life that I'll be looking at some amazing photo but I'll have never seen it in real life that's way more scary to me than the prospect of maybe sometimes not having loads of money or like I mean you don't even have loads of money if you get a job like most of the time people are living paycheck to paycheck because they're paying for like extortionate rent or going out every night or whatever like but yeah not achieving my potential is way more scary and for me achieving my potential is like choosing my own path and and working towards like my own values rather than some companies. At the moment, I mean, that might change. It will change. And I'm open to that as well. If anyone wants to follow your journey or give you some freelance work while we are... Oh yeah, that'd be nice. Um, <laughs> where will, yeah, where do they find you? So, because we have a van, we obviously have an Instagram account for the van, because that's like a real um, 
So you can follow us on Instagram at, at Yellow Matilda or Twitter at Yellow Matilda. Got a website as well, um, yellowmatilda.com. So yeah. And you'll obviously be at Degree Show this year. As I'll well. be at the Degree Show in the graphic design corridor. So feel free to come and see. There's I've been doing one of my whole projects on the van. I've like branded her up and uh, kind of built up the whole concept for my nomadic design studio. So um, that'll be fun. Yeah, just need to get it all done first. Great. Thank you. Thank you very much. And that was Laura. Thanks very much to her for coming on, taking the time, especially with the the busy prep for Degree Show coming up. And if you do want to check out some of her work or potentially give her some freelance stuff, then head over to her Instagram, which is Yellow Matilda, or you can check out her website, which is lauragayardzine.com. Or if you're kicking about Degree Show, go and check out Graphic Design. And you can say hello to her. But yeah, that's it for the podcast this week. If you did enjoy it, please get on Twitter, get on Instagram, give us a like, give us a retweet. I'd be much appreciated. But till next week, see you later.